0: You know, about, Jesus told this parable about a wise man that built his house on the rock versus a foolish man that built his house on the sand. And anybody here, you know, if you built your house on the sand, when the rain comes, there's going to be trouble, right? It's going to have the foundation issues, you're going to have a big crash, but what he likened that to was someone who hears the word of God, but doesn't put it into practice. If you come week after week after week and you hear the Word of God and you're not taking notes, which you should take notes. We have note paper back there. You can get some. You should take notes and go over it through the week and see what God's trying to tell you. But um, if we don't put the Word of God into practice, we're a fool that's building our house on sand. Right. Now, Jesus said not to call people fools, but that he, he told that parable. So, I mean, I'm just saying that's what he said, right? So, uh, <laughs> all right, it goes for all of us, right? If we're going to say we believe in Jesus, we should do what he said, Amen. right? Alright, so we're going to, I think today is going to be my last in this series on spirit, soul, and body. I think it is, even though pretty much all the messages we do are going to overlap into that in some way or another. But as a way of summary of this, we are a three-part being. One-third of our salvation is already finished. It's not a progressive work. It's completed. It's finished. It's already 100% done. And that work was done in our spirits. And that is how verses like 1 John four seventeen make sense which says, as he is, so are we in this world. That's talking about our spirit. We really get this. You say, uh, I know I've said some of these things before, but I say this too. If you learned everything the first time you heard it, we'd all be geniuses, wouldn't we? It doesn't work that way. We have to hear it sometimes again and again and again. And that's even the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing it again. So we need to hear these things again. But that's how these verses make sense. It's not talking about our actions. It's not talking about our behavior. It's not talking about our soul. It's talking about our spirit is perfected forever right now. That's what Hebrews ten fourteen said. And there's no way that makes sense without talking about our spirits. So our spirits have been recreated perfect in the new creation work of Jesus called the new birth. Amen. And we didn't know it. We just like, oh, I got born again. What's that mean? It means hopefully when I die, I go to heaven. And that's a lot of it. That's all we were taught. We just like knock on wood and hopefully this. That is not faith. Amen. Right. We don't have to hope it. We know it because God said it. Amen. He can't lie. There has been a genesis again in our spirits. Old things passed away. All things have become brand new in our spirits. Amen. And we were, they were recreated. Ephesians four twenty four says they are recreated righteous and truly holy. This is a word that helps us get that inferiority complex out of our hearts, thinking that well, it's me, I'm just this dirty old worm. No, you were a dirty old worm, but once you got saved, you're recreated in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Everything about you is completely brand new. Thank you, Jesus. Brand new. Amen. Amen. We need to know who we are. So all things are brand new in our spirits. And 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Now that is a verse we need to meditate on again and again and again and again. Look at what that says. You and God have had a merge. There's been a merger. You've been married with him. Joined co-heirs with him. We are together with Christ right now. And I know this takes faith to believe these things. Especially when we've heard something else growing up. But this is true not because I'm saying it. It's true because the Word of God says so. Amen. Amen. We're supposed to be righteous by faith. Amen. We're supposed to live. The righteous shall live by faith. Well, if you're hearing something that doesn't take faith to believe, you're probably not hearing the righteousness of God taught. It doesn't take faith to believe that you stink and are no good and you're worthless. That doesn't take faith to believe it at all. That takes carnal head knowledge experience it takes insults and people make a fun of funny what takes faith to believe is what god says about you is true when you don't feel it right. but your feelings will change as you submit them to what god's word says Amen. so in the new testament it is all about us renewing our minds to these truth and then releasing what god's already put in our spirits it's not about striving. It's not about obtaining or doing this enough and fast enough. And this enough. We will fast. We will pray. We'll do these things as God leads us to. But we're not fasting and praying to get something from God. We fast and pray to hear God, but we have to release what God's already given us. Right. He's already given it to you. Yeah. Now, let me show you this. 2 Peter 1 3, in case you missed some of this, I'll have some verses here to help bring you up. If you missed it, you can go back and listen online. But 2 Peter 1 3... As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called you by glory and virtue. He's already given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. How? Through what? Through the knowledge of him. So if you don't know it, it's not going to help you. Amen? Amen. Where did he put those? In your spirit. Okay? Now, this is similar to what Jesus said in John ten ten. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Where is this abundant life? Where is it? It's in your spirit. Yeah. It's in your spirit right now. Everything you need for abundant life and godly living is in your spirit, man, right now. Amen. It can't be obtained by, if I feel it, if I don't feel it, it's I believe it. Because God said it. We used to have these little pins on our fridge, so we got them in VBS or something. I think we even had a thing called CYC, whatever that was back way back when. I don't know if they had that in America or not, but on this little magnet said, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Yeah. And that should be the, the essence of the Christian faith right there. God said it. It doesn't matter if my body is arguing, it. it doesn't matter if my soul is arguing. It matters did God say it, then it has to be true because God can't lie. It's impossible for God to lie. If he said there's a purple elephant with pink ears, boom, there would be a purple elephant with pink ears because God can't lie. What he says, the creative power of God is there enough to create everything he said come to pass, comes to pass. So he spoke this over your life, the creation, creation, new creation ability of what he said happened in your life, just not whether you can see it or not. Amen? So since our spirits are perfect, I would like to see a purple elephant with pink ears, I guess. That would be different. But anyway, uh, since our spirits are perfect, finished, and completed work, we need to know what what they look like and what's in there. Because if we don't know what it looks like, what's in there, we could be asking God for things He's already given us. Can't we? Just like we sing the song, Create Me a Clean Heart. He already did. You can sing that all day long, nothing's going to happen. Because He already did it. It was good for David to sing that song. And it's not a terrible song, even though today it's not great. Because you, you need to know that already happened. He already gave you a new spirit. He's not going to take a spirit from you. Amen. Or you, someone asked for, God, uh, give me the full armor of God. I'm believing God for the full armor of God. You don't have to believe God for that. He already gave it to you. It's in the Bible. It's where it already said it. You don't have to, people go through this practice putting on it all day. And I say, well, I just don't take it off. I mean, why, why bother put on, put on the feet of this? And the, man, that could take a long time to do that. And nothing wrong with it if you do that. I'm not making fun of you, but I just, in my mind, was like, I'm not taking it off. I'm going to wear it in bed, even though I roll over in it and not, it not be too heavy. I'm going to wear it everywhere I go, because it's, it's, I need His protection everywhere I go. Amen? So uh, we can ask God to do things He's already done if we don't know what's in our spirit. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says this, Now we have received not the spirit of the world... But the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that, he, that have been freely given to us by God. There's things that have been freely given to us by God. And they're revealed by His Spirit. Right. He gave you His Spirit so you'll know the things you already have. And a lot of our Christian life, we're trying to obtain something or believe in God to receive something. He's saying here, you already have it. So if we already have it, instead of trying to believe it to come down from heaven, what if we already have it in the inside of our spirit, man? Then we just need to learn to release what's already on the inside of us into this realm, and things can happen in a whole different way. Yep, yep. Now, this is not New Age teaching. This is not, you know, mystical, or anything. This is the Word of God. It says you already have it. I'm going to show you multiple verses that say this. You already have these things. We don't need to come to the altar and pray and cry, Oh God, oh God, all of this stuff and whine and, and think that you make this big emotional scene is gonna change anything. Right. Yeah, right. He's already changed everything about your spirit, man, already. It's been changed. What you need to do is believe what God said is true, and you will change from glory to glory to glory as you know what he's already did. what do he say through the knowledge of him? What he's freely given you. So what is in our spirit? I showed you this before. We're going to show it again today because it builds on where I'm going with this. Because we're going to go with what's in there and how to release it, we're going to be looking at. So we have, I think we have a PowerPoint for that or a slide, first one. What's in our spirits after we're saved? Previously we looked at what our spirit looked like before we're saved. This is what our spirit looks like after we're saved. Our spirits look like God. That's right. yep. Amen. Genesis 1.1. 1, 1, right, in the beginning. He goes on to say, In our image, he created us. In the image of God, we were created, male and female. He created them. Our spirits look like God. As he is, so are we in this world. Our spirits are made righteous and perfect already. Our spirits are perfected forever. Our spirits are righteous and truly holy. Our spirits are pure as he is pure, without spots or wrinkles, perfect in every way say well I don't feel perfect Wow, well, whatever you don't have to feel perfect you can believe perfectly though That's right. amen believe perfect it'll change your feelings how you feel it, and walk around feeling sorry for yourself there's something wrong with you when there's nothing wrong with you at all amen. it's a lie from the enemy who tries to steal kill and destroy pervert the thoughts of your mind to make you carnally minded not spiritually minded these things won't be received through the natural man they're received spiritually they're spiritually discerned amen So what's in our spirits? That's what it looks like. What's in our spirits? The next part. There's abundant life in there. There's power, love, and a sound mind. There's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead on the inside of us. Amen? Amen. That should make us excited a little bit. There's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. In us already, right now, you don't have to pray, God, give me joy. You have joy. You had the same joy that Jesus had when he walked the earth. And he said, he had, they said about him, he had more joy than all of his companions. Yeah. And he gave us his joy and his peace. The love of God's in there, Romans 5.5. 5. Faith, hope, and love. The fruit of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, there's healing in there, provision in there, and everything you need for life and godliness is already in your spirit right now, if you're born again in Christ, recreated in Him. If God lives in there, then the attributes of God live in there, and those are some of the attributes of God that are living on the inside of you right now. Amen? Amen? There's no fear in there. There's no death, there's no lack, there's no condemnation, there's no strife, there's no jealousy, there's no sin. It is absolutely perfect right now because God lives inside your spirit. And when your spirit was merged with God, your spirit became perfect because God is perfect and he merged with something, it's going to become perfect too because his perfection went in there. Now John 14, 20 says this, On that day you will realize that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. That's kind of a have to think about it there. What is he really saying? I'm here, and he's there, and where are they at? So Jesus is in his Father. You are in Jesus, and Jesus is in you. Yep. So what's that mean on the inside of you? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit live on the inside of you. Amen? That's what he said. And in John uh, 1, 16, it says, Of his fullness we have all received Grace for grace. The fullness of the Godhead talks about lives in us bodily. We're not praying to a God who's far off in outer space somewhere and you can't ever see him. He is right on the inside of you. He's close as a mention of his name. He can't ever leave you, forsake you. He's merged in there. He's not going anywhere. Amen? Are you guys okay? Yes. All right, because it's going to get better. All right? It's going to get better. The fullness of God lives in us. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen? Uh, we are now sons of God, we look like God, and we have the ability to act like God by the grace of God. Amen. You can act like the devil if you want to, if you yield to the devil. You can act like God if you want to, if you yield to God. But it's already in your spirit. If you want to fight with your wife? You can fight with your wife. You can yield to your flesh and speak this stuff and that stuff. I'm right, you're wrong, wrong, wrong and fight, 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 fight. Or you can yield the spirit of God. There's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. All right, God, what would you say in this situation? And flow in that. Yield to your spirit. Yield to the flesh, you reap corruption. Yield to the spirit, you reap life and peace. You want life and peace in your home? Release it in your home. With the power of your words. Release what's in you, in your home, and that's what your home will look like. You don't have to pray for some mystical encounter of God to happen. It's Christ is in you already. Release what you carry. Amen. All right, 1 Corinthians 2.14, that was a freebie. I wasn't planning on saying that, but if you need it, do it. Um, You know, there's been some marriages here in our church that were, some of them were really on the rocks. Did some sozos with them, not even that long ago, some of them. And the life-changing that's happening in their marriages, in their lives, in their homes, is wild. It's amazing what will happen when you renounce lies the devil's been telling you and receive the truth of what God's saying, how it changes everything. Amen. Amen. All right, 1 Corinthians 2:14, "But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish, foolishness to him, nor can they know them because they are spiritually discerned. The natural man, the carnal man, the man dominated by your five senses are not going to know these truths. they're spiritually discerned. It's believing what God says, and let that be dominant in your life, not what you feel. Think, smell, hear and sense. right? First Corinthians two uh, nine to ten say this. But as is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And usually when you hear a sermon preached, that's where the pastor stops right there. You see, we don't know. No eye is seen, no ear is heard, no one knows. It's not even entered in the heart of man. But the very next verse says this, but God has revealed it to them through his spirit, for his spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things of God. Right. We can't stop there when he says, no man, yeah, you're a natural man, can't figure these things out. You cannot understand it.' But God revealed them to us by his spirit, and now we can know them. Even the deep things of God can be known by the spirit of God who's in us. Amen. These things might seem like deep things of God, but to me, I think it's kindergarten, elementary Christianity. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. We carry his glory in us in these jars of clay everywhere we go so we can learn how to release what's in us. It's easier to release something you already have than try to believe God to get it and then hopefully try to release it. You already have it. Amen? Amen. So God's word is true, not our feelings or philosophies. His word is settled forever in heaven. Not one word of his mouth will return void. But every word that he says carries the power with it to make it so. It's like, let God be true and everyone else a liar, even my feelings, even my own emotions, even my own philosophies and thoughts. Let God be true and everyone else a liar, even including me. If I believe something that's contrary to what God said, I'm believing a lie. Amen? Are you guys good? And you renounce the lie, ask the Holy Spirit for the truth, read in the Word of God what the truth is, and believe that, your life will change. Amen. Amen. So, just imagine with me, like the Word of God says, that everything you need has already been given to you in your spirit. Everything. You don't have to go here, there, looking for it. It's already given to you. If that's true, then we need to learn how to release what's already inside of us into this world when we need it, don't we? Right. Isn't, wouldn't that be the logical thing? So that's what we're going to look at. But before we look into that today, I want to look at this question first. Is it the will of God to answer your prayers? Okay. Half of them, some of them, all of them. Now there is some, we'll look at this. But Is it the will of God to answer your prayers? Are we just going to church to get a little brownie sticker, a little star sticker, or church attendance? Are we having a relationship with God where these things actually happen? I mean, it's, the relationship is the goal, amen? We're coming together as a body, a family we're supposed to. The Bible says that. I love church, not against church, but you can go to church and, uh, and not become the church. And it's not, not changing your life. There's something, there's a disconnect there. Our prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. They're powerful and effective. But if we pray, like you're going, going through the drive-thru or something, and you prayed something that didn't happen instantly, like, oh, I guess it wasn't God's will, I mean, you're not in faith, and you're not understanding the principles of faith and how faith works. Alright, it doesn't work like that. Sometimes you'll get instant prayers answered instantly. Sometimes you have to stand on the word of God. Stand on it. When you done no no well, nothing else to do, keep standing. Keep standing there for standing on the word. Trust in what he said, because he can't lie. Amen. Amen. So look at these verses. Looking again of, Is it God's will to answer our prayers? Matthew 7, 7, 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Come on, somebody. I said everybody. Everybody, not just the spiritual prophet gifted pastors, people. Everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and him who knocks, it will be opened. Thus saith the Lord. The word of God. Amen. Amen. John 14, 13 and 14. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Okay? That's pretty clear, yes? Next one, John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. John 16, 24. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be full. What do these verses have in common? Asking and believing. And I was going to say, Jesus said them. (laughs) Jesus said, your Savior, your Lord, your King, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of the universe, God, he said these things to teach us how faith works, how uh, the kingdom of God works. And he says, you ask, you will receive. Everyone who asks receives. But we ask for two minutes, and then it didn't happen right away, like, I guess it wasn't God's will because I guess he doesn't love me. I guess it's this and I guess it's that. No, don't stop guessing. Stop guessing and start knowing. Yes. Stop guessing and start knowing. He said what he said, what he said, what he said. He meant what he said. He said it that settles it, I believe it. You just stand on what he said, amen? That's what faith is. It's stand on what God said, not what we feel or we guess. We speculate this. I assume this. No, you don't need to do that. Jesus said multiple times and in multiple ways that we can ask for anything in his name and we will receive it. Right? He did. Now, I don't see any mites in there. I don't see any maybes. I don't see any sometimes in there. He says, you ask, you will receive. Okay? Now, there are other verses in the Bible that talk about if we ask... Uh, or things that aren't God's will and because our motives matter if we ask for selfish reasons James talks about that you don't receive because you ask for selfish reasons things like that there are some verses that qualify that a little bit but overall what they're saying if you're asking in line with God's word you ask for it the answer is yes amen. it's almost like the answer is yes before you even asked wow. it's like he said I think he said all of his promises are yes and amen yeah. it's not just a song right? Did he mean that? Then there's some disconnect here. Where we're, we're reading it, we're hearing it, we're thinking, we're believing it, but we don't experience it. Then we're over here, but like, "Well, I just, I'm just not going to think about that anymore. I'll just leave it over here in the mystery of God of, of not knowing." I don't think that's where he wants us to live. He revealed even the deep things of God by His Spirit. Amen. First John five fifteen says, "If we know that He hears us." Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we asked of him. All you really have to know is that he heard you. Now, you don't have to shout. You don't have to scream. You don't have to climb up Grandfather Mountain or something and scream out there, Hey, God! No, he's right in here. He's right here. Hey, I think I need this. What do you think? Talk to him. You know he heard you. Then you know you have what you asked for in prayer. Your spirit is abiding with his spirit. You're in cooperation, you're co laboring with God. He wants these things to happen in your life, He wants changes to take place, but it's going to come from asking, asking, and then receiving. Yep. You, can't, you don't receive it once you see it, you receive it after you pray. I'm going to show you this as we keep going, but there are, uh, we're going to look into this, how to release it. But if God desires to answer our prayer requests with a yes, why don't we see more of our prayer requests answered? That's what we're going to look at. Why don't we see more? Okay, there are many facets to the answer to this question. We already mentioned a few, like our motives, the will of God, and not asking, and faith is implied in there too. That's one factor. But another factor is free will of a person. When you're praying something, we're not talking about healing right now, but you're praying for somebody to get saved or somebody for whatever to happen in, in your life, it can be difficult sometimes with free will involved because God's not going to violate their free will to answer your prayer. There's line upon line precept, or on precept. It's not a contradiction. It's a different situations. The laws of God work a little bit differently. But just because it works differently and it can be complicated and involve free will doesn't mean we give up and quit and stop praying for somebody. Right. Amen? Right. George Mueller prayed for a conversion of five of his friends. He prayed every day believing that these men would put their faith in Jesus. After five years, the first one came to Christ. After ten years, Ten more years of prayer, two more came to Christ. Once Mueller spoke of praying for these five friends while he was in Chicago. He talked about those who had come to faith in Christ, and then he talked about the other two for whom he was still uh, persisting in prayer. Mueller said, I have prayed for two men by name every day for 35 years. On land, on sea, sick or well, I have remembered them before God by name. I should continue to pray for them daily by name until they are saved or I die. Amen. At 35 year, After 35 years of prayer, the fourth man was saved. Mueller prayed for almost 64 years for the last friend. He, he, uh, he wrote this near the end of his life. The great point is never to give up until the answer comes. I have been praying for 63 years and 8 months for one man's conversion. He is not yet saved, and, but he will be. How can it be otherwise, for I am praying? Amen. That's good. Come on, the attitude of faith, the attitude of faith. He went, Finally, Mueller died. This friend for whom he, he uh, persevered in prayer for 64 years came to his funeral, and that day when Mueller's cask was lowered into the grave, there near the open grave, this friend gave his life to Christ. Amen. Was it worth it? Yeah. Was it worth it? Yeah, it was worth it. Our free will is a factor, but it's not the only factor. Persistent prayer is a factor, amen? Standing on the word of God, standing on the promises of God. It's not to be double-minded and wishy-washy and one day it's this way and one day it's that way. It's What did God say? And let your heart be rooted and grounded in this truth. Amen? Another factor or facet for the reason why we don't see more prayer requests answered is that we need to believe that we received it when we prayed. Jesus said that. That wasn't anyone else from any other camps in Christianity. Jesus said this. A lot of people only believe it if they feel it. Yeah. Well, that doesn't feel true, so I'm not going to believe that. A lot of people only believe it if they have it in a doctor's note. Well, I don't, that's not what my doctor said. Mm, I'm pretty sure God's smarter than your doctor. Yeah. They don't even know what the pancreas does yet. They don't, know what the, they don't even know what the little, oh, they take your appendix out. They don't know what that's for. They take out wisdom teeth. They don't know what things are for. They don't even know what the stuff in the body does already. Now, do not make fun of doctors, but God's just smarter, amen? They don't know. A lot of people will only believe it if they see it. But that's not faith. I'll only believe it if they see it. You know, uh, Doubting Thomas said that to Jesus. Look at John 20, 20, about Jesus. John 20, 25-29. The other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. This is a guy that was with Jesus for three and a half years doing ministry, and he wouldn't believe him. He told many times about being resurrected from the dead. They didn't get it. None of them really got it. But he wouldn't believe it. Did Jesus bless this kind of faith? That's not faith. You guys okay? That's not faith. Believing something is not faith. See, having Jesus there and putting your hand aside, putting your hands. oh, I believe it now. That's not faith. Okay, he goes on to say, verse 26, After eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here. Look, he heard him. He heard what he said. Reach your finger here. Look at my hands, and reach your hand here, and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Why? Because faith pleases God. Then he goes on to say, And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you oh wait, Uh, and Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God, and Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Mm -hmm. None of us here, I don't think, have ever seen Jesus. I don't think, if you have, you need to tell me about it. I'd love to hear your story. But while he was walking on earth, no one saw him. We're believing what he said by faith. So why not believe everything that he said by faith? Right. Not just bits and pieces. Amen. Mm -hmm. And the kind of faith he said was blessed is the kind of faith that believes without seeing. There's an aspect of our faith that is involved believing without seeing that we have to accept whether we like it or not. It's just the way that it is. There's something about faith that you're not going to see it first. But after a while, if you keep believing, you will see it. Right. That's what Mark eleven twenty three 23 and 24 are talking about. It says, for surely I say to you... Uh, whosoever says to this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things which he says will be done he will have whatever he says now who could make a claim like that who could make such a boastful that's that's absolutely ridiculous unless it's true that you could have anything you say anything you say he said, speak to this mountain, speak to this fig tree, speak to this, speak to that. Whatever you're going to speak to, you can have whatever you say. Let me read it again. Remember, Jesus said this. If you have a red-letter Bible, this is in red. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. You again doubt in your head a little bit. Just don't doubt it in your spirit, in your heart. But believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever He says. The sad reality is we already do. Yeah. That's part, it can be good or bad, depending on what you've been saying, right? Verse 24, therefore I say to you, whoever's, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. This is spiritual law of faith that isn't going to change for your feelings, your emotions, because you feel like you're close to Jesus. This is what God said, it's settled forever. Amen. It, his word is settled forever in heaven. As a part of our faith, you have to believe it before you see it. Amen? So if we have to believe it before we see it, then we need to receive it. Where do we receive that? It's in our spirit. Receive it first in our spirit. We'll see it in the natural afterwards. Okay? We must believe that we have received what we asked for, even when we can't see it, uh, before we'll be able to see it. And that is called faith. And that's what Hebrews 11 says, doesn't it? Now faith is a substance of things hope for the evidence of things what you can't see it just cuz you can't see it doesn't mean it's not working it's probably the opposite it's true if you'll hold on to it hold fast the confession of your faith hold fast to the promises of God stand on his word he's faithful to see you through it might take 35 years or 64 years and a half years like it did for someone to get saved whatever you're believing God for but hold on to the promises of God he's faithful he's going to move things around cuz it's his word and he honors faith; he honors it. Yeah. Amen. Now let's connect these previous thoughts here. Since he's already given us everything we need for life of godliness, and we need to believe we receive it before we actually have it, then uh, if we need to, uh, excuse me, where do we need to receive? The, where do we receive these unseen things we're praying for? We receive it in our spirit. Okay, so we have it. We're praying for it. We believe we receive when you pray and then you will get it later, but it's already in your spirit. All right, so when you come through the prayer line for healing or something, I know we get you to test your body, test your knee, that's fine and stuff, but your faith needs to believe that you received it when we prayed. Right. But two come together as a agreeing, touching anything, you can ask wherever you want, it says it'll be done for you. We come together in faith believing you receive it right then in your spirit, man, as if it's already done. It's finished, it's happened already, okay? Now if this is true, what I'm saying, then what we really need to learn is how to release what we already have, amen? Amen. It's releasing what we already have. And a big part of our Christian experience, I think I have that on the screen for you, yeah, is about renewing our minds, the Word of God, and releasing what He has put in our spirits. The best illustration of this I've seen is by Andrew Womack. He has a picture of a valve there. I think I have it for you guys. And in this valve, this pipe, you see uh, one side represents our spirits, the other side is our bodies and in the middle is our soul which acts as a valve between the two when the valve is open what's in our spirits gonna flow to our souls and our body but when it's closed what's in our spirits not going to gain access to our soul or our bodies and you know unfortunately that's what it is for a lot of Christian people uh, they actually can die and pass away go to heaven and they could die uh, and when they had in the same time they had the same power raise Jesus from the dead on the inside of their spirit but they haven't learned how to release it into their body and they can have the same power raise Jesus from the dead in them and not be healed or touched by the power of God. Right. Yep. I don't think it has to be that way. Uh, people can experience depression, anger, bitterness, and, and, all, and all the while possessing God's love and joy and peace in their spirit. But if they don't know how to release what's in there, how's it going to benefit them? Right. Amen? Amen? All right. So hold on with me here. I know those are some hard words are strong words, but Jesus' words stand the test of time. Amen. Okay, I'm not talking bad about anyone's grandma, grandpa, or someone who died sick. I'm just saying, the same power raised Jesus from the dead is in you. Right. If we learn how to release it, not just to ourselves, but other people, that should affect the things around us, amen? amen. So let me show you this. So how do we release what's in our spirit? Let's go there. Philemon 1.6. It says that the communication of thy faith may become effectual, by acknowledging of every good thing which is is in you in Christ Jesus. So the first step in release what's in our spirits is acknowledging what we already have, acknowledging what's in there. So our faith will become effective as we acknowledge what's in our spirit already. And and uh, so it's important for us to know what's there. Communication means to release or transfer. I have that for you. Next slide, there we go. Communication means to release or transfer, and effectual means it be, uh, it begins to work or produce. So the release, you could say it this way, the release or transfer of our faith begins to work or produce as we acknowledge every good thing that's in our spirits already in Christ. Hmm, that changes a little bit how we pray, doesn't it? To me, that's like a game changer. Instead of changing just to receive something, what if I already received it? Then it just needs to lead. lead to learn how to release what I've already received. Amen. I showed you many verses, that's implying those things. So what does it mean to acknowledge something? It says, as you acknowledge. Well, you think about it this way. We used to be put a fence out here in the yard, and Gerald was a big part of that, Alex was a big part, and his crew was a big part of that. And after they did that, we acknowledged them and recognized them in front of the church, thanking them, showing them appreciation for their hard work they did, where well, they did something to help benefit the body, right? Or Mitzi does VBS and she helps organize, gets us all organized, how the kid's going and does all the work. We usually recognize her, acknowledge her in some way and thank her for all that she did to help with that and also thank all the other volunteers. So it's a similar thing with us. We're recognizing what he did, we're acknowledging what he did and we're thanking him for what he did. Amen. It's very similar to the story I told you guys last week about how I received that car. God gave me a car for free. I asked God... For for the car. He, t- he told me how to do this. I didn't know how to do this. But he told me what to do. But I asked God for the car. I wrote down what kind of car I wanted. Then I thanked God for the car. Just recently, uh, Tyler in our church, if you guys know Tyler, uh, Tara and Tyler, just um, back there, it's Nick's sister and brother-in-law. Um, he was needing a job. He heard this story where I thanked God for the car. So he asked God for a job. Then he started walking around thanking God for his job. He walked into some place and they offered him a job. I mean, he didn't even really apply for it. It's just like, yeah, and he just and he can actually walk to work. He can save a lot of money on gas. <laughs> anyway, so there's something here about acknowledging, recognizing, and thanking Jesus leads to an effective release of our faith that produces results. Thanking God, you believe you have received it, and you thank God for it, even though it hasn't maybe it hasn't manifested yet in your body. Say so it's a physical thing. You can still thank God that it's true, that you have received it, even before you actually have it in the natural, because it's already true in your spirit and it's not lying. Believe you have received it and you'll have it. It's just coming from the spirit realm into the natural realm and it's going to keep coming as you protect it, guard it, acknowledge it, and let it come through your mouth and in your heart and it's going to happen. All right? Confessing lack, need, poverty, it's not going to release uh, anything good in your life because that's not in your spirit. God doesn't have any of that. Does he? Are you guys okay? Anyone need a hug? I'm just trying to teach on the things of faith. See, there's, to me, there's no such thing as a Pentecostal message. There's no such thing as a word of faith message. There's the word of God. There's nothing. A Methodist message or a Presbyterian message, a Baptist message, it's the word of God. If God said it, he meant it. And we're, it's our job to believe it and trust what he said is true. Amen. So think about this in the in the reality with connected to healing. Okay, acknowledge we've already received something that we're talking about. As Philemon said, acknowledge what you have; your face will be effectual. First Peter two twenty four says this: Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. It doesn't say you were trying to get healed. It doesn't say it says you. It doesn't say you are healed. It says you were healed before you even were born. This was written a long time ago. Before you ever got sick, you were healed. So, where is that healing? It's in your spirit, where everything you need for life and God is already in your spirit through the knowledge of Him. It's in your spirit as we recognize and acknowledge and thank God for what He's already released to us in our spirit. It will release from this realm into this earthly realm and it will affect the things around us. That's, if you go through the Old Testament, you go through the New Testament, you'll see stories just like that, how it happened just like that, uh, in progressions of faith and how they received the things from God. Right. And guess what? It isn't going to change for you, me, or anybody else. Right. If you want to receive the things of God, they're not they're not naturally discerned. They're spiritually discerned. That's how we receive them. Okay? So that's number one, was acknowledge of every good thing in our spirits leads to us effectively releasing our faith. And number two, these are not, they're all, the next ones are a little shorter, but... Uh, in case you're tapping out, hope you're not. Uh, I, if, you, if you're really hungry, I'll go even longer because i got more, more to say. But, but uh, I'm not hungry for food, but hungry for the food of God. Amen. I'm telling you, this will change your life and you put this into practice. The wise man's going to build his house on something. Or the foolish man's going to build his house somewhere. Let's build our house on what Jesus said, amen? amen? The second step is agreement. We must agree with God and His Word. Make it final of authority in our life. Amos 3.3 3 said, how can two walk together unless they're in agreement? so that's all I'm really going to say about that if we're going to walk in harmony with God we must agree with what he says whether we feel it, we see it, we sense it whatever, we perceive it if God said it, he can't lie we've received the love of God, we know he loves us then it's, it's true okay I know our carnal minds try to battle these things your five senses are screaming louder than your spirit but once we get it trained, your spirit can scream louder than your five senses amen your sense is trained by constant use the Bible says alright, third one this sermon has two parts, and we'll close with this, but um, these, the third step is connected to our posture, our posture, okay? Ephesians 2, 6 says, And raised us up with him, and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, okay? What posture does Christ have after he sat down? He's, he's, he's seated, right? What kind of posture is that? Is it a work-type setting, or a posture, or is that a resting kind of posture? He's resting, right? He said he's resting there until his enemies are made his footstool. So, if we are in Christ, like it says there, we're seated with him in Christ, what kind of posture should we have? We're waiting for our enemies to be made our footstool, or waiting for these things to happen in the natural that we're believing for, already received in the spiritual. Resting. It's resting on the promises of God. Yes, we do have to labor. There is some work involved. It says we have to labor to enter into his rest, meaning we have to do it on purpose. It's intentional. We have to intentionally make our heart rest. On what did God say? You know, you get afraid of something. Something's around outside. You, you get spooked out. Like, oh, what was that noise? Or something. Whatever you get afraid of, or whatever, you can rest. And what did God say? What did he say? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear evil. Because what? God's with me. You think you're afraid you had like a big old dude with these big guns and real guns and big guns for arms. And he stayed at your house. He was a cop or a Navy SEAL or something like that. You're thinking, I'm not going to afraid of anyone break into my house. So you know, that guy breaks into my house. That guy said, I can keep sleeping. That guy's going to take him out. Well, you have God with you. Right. He can make them afraid to even enter before they even try to come in your house. All right? Consciously aware of it. So the Bible does say, all right, let me skip down here. Resting mode is receiving mode. Resting is receiving. We're resting on what did God say. That's our posture. So um, it is an aspect of faith where we rest in the finished work of Christ. Now, an example of this would be this. Are we doing good works to receive love, or are we doing good works because we are loved? It's a different posture in thinking. Are we working from love, or are we working for love? One is trying to receive something. One is doing something because they already have received something. It's the same illustration the whole way through, but a different way to look at it. Some people need attention. They need all these things. But when they receive what they know what God's already given them, they work from the place of, I am the beloved of God. I am, I am the beloved. He is mine. You know who Christ is in you in your relationship with Christ? You don't have to be insecure at in comparing it to someone else. That's right. God might love Peter more than, or John more than Peter, and God might love this guy more than that guy or whatever. No, that's not true. Yeah. It's insecurity. Yeah. So are we working from love or for love? Since we've already received love, we can freely give it away because it says, freely you have received, freely give. Right? All right, next part. So resting is releasing. And this final part, part two of the third step, is also connected with our posture. John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. Again, what posture is this? It's abiding. It's resting. It's staying, it's remaining. So abide here means to stay, to remain, or to continue. And it's equivalent to when we have a guest stay at our home, even though you might not want them to stay forever, like God is inviting us to stay with him forever. You might want them to stay just for a weekend or one night or whatever. But with us, God wants us to stay with us. He wants his words to remain in us. And he wants his relationship to continue on forever. If you abide in me, you abide in my word, just ask me. Just ask me whatever you want. I'll give it to you. Amen. So abiding or remaining is a posture of resting. So how do we open the valve to release us in our spirits? It's one, acknowledging what we already have. It's agreement with God and his word is the final sin authority. And it's abiding or resting in him and his word. This keeps the valve open from our spirit to affect our soul and affect our bodies and people around us. You know, when I pray for people that are sick, I'm not thinking of God like way up here and I'm hoping that He comes down and helps in this situation. When I'm praying for somebody, I'm kind of picturing God's in me. And I'm picturing like the flow of God's power flowing through me through my hand and touching them because he says you lay hands of sick and they will recover. So I picture this just this flow of whatever I imagine it to look like. Maybe sometimes like Iron Man, it was like just like launch a rocket at him or something like this the power of God. But I'm picturing this flow of God because it's in me flowing through me and touch them and sometimes people perceive it sometimes people don't feel anything but a lot of times I can't say every time I'm still getting there and there's other factors involved that we talked about but a lot of times I see people get healed and we all should we all should because it's not it's Christ in us it's he's in us we learn to release what's in us acknowledge what's in us and release that it's gonna change things around us amen, amen. so hope you're taking notes I probably was going fast because I do get concerned about time and stuff and people tapping out. But I'm telling you, if you put these things into practice, they're spiritual laws. God doesn't operate on an eeny, meeny, miny, mo" philosophy. He said, here's my word. If you want to believe it, you receive it. You want to build your house on a rock, you can ask me, and this is what you'll receive. If you don't want to ask me, you don't want to trust me, you want to do it your own way, your own philosophy, you think you're smarter than me, you think you're whatever, do it your way, he's going to let you, he's going to love you the whole time. If you walk in the things of God, you got to do it God's way or the highway. He's not changing. Amen. We need to change because He's smarter than us. But He's telling you this stuff as a dad because He loves you. He said, listen, Mike. listen, kid. I know you think you're smart. and I did give you some good brains. But if you really want to receive things, receive it. Trust your spirit more than your flesh. Trust what I said more than what you feel, and you'll see things change in your life and around you. Amen. 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 You guys want to stand? I want to pray and bless you guys. I just miss you. and dismiss you. Have a great continue on with your Labor Day weekend and to labor to enter his rest yeah. the finished work of Jesus Thanks. what a difference in how I was raised in the hamster wheel thing trying to run 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 as fast as I could to be this good Christian to try to I don't know if I was trying to prove it to God or prove it to man that I was this righteous person or what I was trying to prove if I was working as hard as I could and getting nowhere and now I can rest in what Jesus already did for me and feel like I'm going everywhere like a I'm in Christ. He's in me. Like, I mean, if something needs to be tweaked or changed in my soul realm, God can help me do that. But he loves me the whole process the whole way through. Amen. 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 That is the gospel. If we're to co-labor with Christ, he said John 14, what did he say? He who believes in me will do the works that I've been doing. Even greater works. How's it going to happen? Acknowledge what's already in you and release what you have. Amen. God, I thank you for your word. I think it carries the power to perform what you said. There is not one weak person in this room. There's not one feeble, but the weakest in our day is stronger than David, and the strongest like the sons of God, because we are the sons of God. I thank you that our prayers are powerful and effective. I pray for a shifting in our minds and our thinking away from the worldly point of view to the kingdom point of view. Your kingdom knows no end; and it's ever increasing. glory to glory. So I just bless your children now, and I thank you for them. May they produce produce fruit that will remain, fruit that will last, and fruit that brings you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you guys. Love you. Have a great weekend. You're dismissed.